have a message that I want to share with you this morning. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Six years old, I was introduced to a Savior. Ten years old, I knelt in an altar and I accepted that Savior into my life. On 9-11, 1973, I walked into a church there not far from where we live, and I knelt in an altar, and I said, God, here's my life. It was on a Tuesday morning. No one was there. Uh, the doors were not locked in churches back then, thank God. And, and, and ever since that day, ever since that day, God has always had a place for me to come and take a seat and dine with him. Ever since that time, God's always had a time and a place where I could just commune with him and where he would restore my soul. Fifty years ago this month, I preached my first message. One of the first messages that I preached was Psalms 23.1, where it said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But as little kids growing up around our table, there were four boys and mom and dad. Dinner time, there were six people sitting at our table. Each one of us had our place. Each one of us had our seat where we sit every night to eat. There was no taking a plate and going to the television. There was uh, no taking a plate and going into another room. And uh, there was no menu where you ordered what you want. Uh, they, you ate what was on the table or you did not eat. And so tables is something that I was introduced to real young in life. And though I went through a time where I was so shy and bashful uh, that I would not stand in front of people, I would not speak in front of people, I didn't want anybody to see me do anything. I've said many times that my wife and I dated almost two years before I would eat in front of her. And so it's not unusual for people to have issues with eating at a table. It's not unusual but God has a table for all of us to dine at this morning. And I, you can tell by looking at me, I've sat at many tables throughout my lifetime. And as visiting tables I've always been invited to, there was always a place prepared just for me. Through every church I've ever pastored, whenever I was invited to a home, uh, they had a place and they would say, Brother Don, come and sit here. Come and take a seat here. And so it was a place designed for me. It was designed that I could consume refreshing and wholesome food uh, that would restore my physical soul. And it was a place where I could fellowship uh, that would restore my spiritual soul uh, with those that are around us. And so it's important for us to understand that this morning. In Psalms 23, and I know a lot of you just checked out, because Psalms 23 what else can be said about it? Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows that verse of Scripture. Everybody knows that psalm. It's one of the first ones that we're ever introduced to. Like I said, at six years old, when I walked into my first Sunday school class, on the wall was Psalms 23. Throughout my ministry, I walked uh, to many funeral homes, Levi, where they put Psalms uh, 23 on the funeral home uh, brochure, the program that they hand out. And so it's a, it's a very familiar scripture to all of us. And then we 
look again this morning at Psalms 23 and the Bible Belt, and you can go out from here almost anywhere and say, the Lord is my shepherd. And they know immediately what Psalm that you're talking about. So it's my challenge this morning to make certain that we get the message out of the Psalm that's so familiar to us. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Louis Giglio wrote a book with the title of this sermon, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And just briefly this morning, it was about a time that he was facing attacks from the devil in his life. And he, it, it, it drew out through an extended time. And all the time he knew what was right and he knew the truth. And he knew sooner or later that it would come out and that, and that he would be vindicated of everything. And that day finally came. And, and he was so thrilled that he was when he had won the battle. So he couldn't wait to share that with someone. And he went through and he told them, oh, I knew I was right. I knew this. And I told you it was going to turn out like this. And I knew everything was going to be just exactly like I said it was. And he sent that message to a friend. And the friend sent him back a nine-word text. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. He was expecting a long uh, Message coming back saying, oh, good for you. You did great. I knew it was, and, and you are so thankful that you won. But he said, no. He said the text came back and said, don't give an enemy a seat at your table. Can I tell you, those nine words were so powerful. God doesn't need a thousand words to speak to you. He just needs powerful words that speaks right to your heart, uh, to the situation that you're facing this morning and what you're dealing with. There are those this morning right now in dire situations that are member of Harvest that uh, just needs to hear a word from a living God that says, everything's going to be all right. I know where you are. I'm right there with you. I'm going to walk through this with you uh, this morning. He said, as he was writing Psalms 23, it's an invitation to all of us to just be seated at a table and have relationship with God uh, that he wants to have with each one of us individually. And as David was penning these words, David knew what it was to be a shepherd. He knew the role of a shepherd. He knew what it was to take sheep and go out and find food and water and shelter. He knew what it was to uh, stay nights by himself. He knew what it was to be the one uh, that everything else was relying on. He knew what pressure was. He knew what stress was. He knew what it was this morning uh, to be the one that protected everything around him. But he also knew what it was to be a sheep. Whenever he was spinning Psalms 23, he knew what it was to be a sheep. Because in his life, 
He had been alone when he had nobody else to, uh, to trust but God. There had been times in his life whenever uh, folks were seeking to kill him and he was running and uh, seeking for shelter and God was the only source that he had. Have you ever been to that place where God is the only source that you have to turn to? Have you ever been to that place whenever there was nobody else to call out to uh, but God? We've all been there. Health issues, financial issues, relationship issues. But have you ever been to that place whenever you had just sinned miserably? David said, not only has he been a God to me whenever I was out doing what I was supposed to be doing, but he's been the same shepherd to me whenever I came to him and cried out for forgiveness for my sins, and he restored the joy of my salvation. He knew what it was to be a sheep. And so he knew what he was doing whenever he wrote down Psalms 23.1. He said, I have a shepherd. And as long as I've got this shepherd, I don't need another shepherd of any kind. That's all I need. That's all I need in my life this morning. I must hurry. We're going to be half the day here. But he knew what it was to be a shepherd. And whenever God calls us sheep, you know, pastors told us that so many times, that whenever he called a sheep of his pastor, he really wasn't paying us a compliment because sheep are not very smart. Sheep do many things. they got poor eyesight. They got poor balance. They're not very fast. They don't make the best decisions. They, they have no defense tendencies. And even gnats fly up their nose and lay eggs and raise their young in the nostrils of sheep. How disgusting is that? And so whenever God calls us sheep, he's not necessarily paying us the greatest compliment because they're prone to just wander away from the herd and just lose their way. Pastors, how many of you have seen sheep that just wandered away from the fold and lost their way? It's a common thing this morning uh, for those things to take place. And so he said that they're, uh, they're easy prey for the bear, the fox, and the lions. And, and, and a sheep needs a, a needs a shepherd. He needs help. I don't know about you this morning, but I need help. Every day that I live, I need help. I need a shepherd that comes along beside me. Uh, what is the role of a shepherd? He feeds the sheep. He leads the sheep. He protects the sheep. And he provides for them everything that they need. And God invites every one of us here today to enter into that kind of a relationship with him because he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to guide your life. He wants to provide everything that you need in this life. He wants to provide you, and he wants to defend you from the enemy, and he wants that personal relationship with you. That's what God's asking for all of us, is that, you know, when sheep make poor decisions, when we they don't do that intentionally. You know, if a sheep was thirsty, and he was looking for water, and he came up on a raging stream, the sheep's tendency is go to the fastest current there and just stick his head in and drink. You say, well, what's wrong with that? If you're thirsty, you go put your head in the water and you drink. Uh, but pretty soon, uh, that old sheep's wool around his head begins to get sogged. And uh, pretty soon, the current just catches him and pulls him into the stream. And he's, here he is floating downstream, bat, 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 until the shepherd hears him. And he takes that uh, staff and he reaches down and he hooks him around the neck and he pulls him to safety. I need that kind of shepherd this morning. 
I need that kind of shepherd. And the shepherd answers that same invitation to all of us. He said, come, come and let me uh, be all that you need. Let me lead you beside uh, the still waters where you can drink without danger. Uh, let me cause you to lie down in green pastures where you're full every day that you live. I want to tell you this morning, you go through bad times, Welchie, uh, but God is always there. He's always the one that fills your life with his presence. He always does this morning. And Jesus invites us to have the, that kind of relationship with him. He said, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I don't know about you, but if that were me writing that verse of Scripture, I would have written it just a little differently. I would have wrote that verse of Scripture that says, Lord, you prepare a table before me in your divine presence, and all of my enemies are absent. All of my enemies have been blown away. All of my troubles are over. All of my problems have been solved. All of my stress has been relieved. Everything that has bogged me down has been set free. But God is saying to us, no matter what you're facing right now, I have a place where you can come and take a seat at the table and I can commune with you and I can fill your life with some food that will cause you to be able to face what you're going through today. He will give you that victory this morning no matter what. Say that with me this morning, no matter what. Say it one more time, no matter what. No matter what, God has prepared a table. There's one thing that I've never been able to understand in life, and neither have you, and neither has anybody else before us or will after us, and that's why bad things happen to good people. I've seen situations that I just look at and say, they don't deserve that. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And I've walked up to families, Levi, in times, and I said, I have no answers to the questions that you have concerning the one that's deceased. I don't have an answer. I don't have anything to tell you. All I can do is tell you uh, that I'm here with you and God's here with you. And through this, we're going to make it through. Uh, that's all I have to promise you is through this, uh, we're going to make it through. We live in a fallen world. You say, well... Does God know when bad things happen to good people? Yes, he knows. That's a reason that he's prepared a table in the presence of your enemies so that he can commune with you and strengthen you and walk you through what you're facing today. He will do that this morning. But one thing we must always remember, don't ever forget this this morning. Everything God does brings benefits to us. Everything God does towards us brings kindness into our lives. Everything that God does for us is beneficial, but everything God does for us is for a reason, and that is so he uh, can receive glory uh, for everything that's, uh, that's done in our lives. God wants the glory for everything accomplished. 
I believe this morning there's a lot of things goes undone for people uh, because they can't give God all the glory if God worked it out for them. I want to tell you this morning, nothing is going to ever come from God unless you are willing to give God full credit and full glory for what he does in your life. Give him the glory. When God helps you find a way where they didn't see a way, give him the glory. When God touches you in a time of sickness and you recover, give him the glory. When God sends you an answer, that one that you've been seeking and you've not been able to find, uh, give him the glory uh, because he deserves all glory this morning. Because without him, we're all nothing. Blind Bartimaeus, his pastor preached just a few days ago, was on the side of the road begging for, uh, begging for mercy and God granted him his sign. Yes, Bartimaeus received his sight and he could see. That was the reason that he came to God and that's the reason Jesus touched him. But the real reason was uh, so Jesus, so God could be glorified in all of that crowd because they realized that he had power. When the demon possessed, whenever they landed on shore there and Jesus cast out those demons and he said, I want to go with you. He said, no, no uh, you can't go with me. You stay here and go tell those others what I've done for you. I give God the glory for everything that's in, uh, that's going on in your life. This morning, can you take just a moment and give God glory uh, for everything that he's done in your life this morning? All of us have enemies. I must hurry this morning. All of us have enemies. We're surrounded by enemies in our lives. Uh, sometimes those enemies are, are trouble that we didn't ask for. Sometimes there's problems that I wasn't looking for. Sometimes they're, uh, they're interruptions to our plans of life and, uh, and we're set back. Sometimes it's just pressure and stress that I can't handle anymore. Sometimes it's physical things like many of you are going through right now. Some of you watching online this morning are going through some physical issues that we need to know that, uh, that, they're, that, they become our, that they become our enemy and they're fighting against us today. Some of you this morning, it's past failures. Some of it's things that you've done in your life that you think I'll never be able to get past this. Uh, but I want to tell you that God has prepared a table uh, in the midst of all of those questions and all of those troubles and, and all of those situations. And he said to us, come, have a seat. Come and sit down. And in the middle, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name that's above all other names says, come. I want to talk with you. Let me be your shepherd. This morning, it's not easy to let God be your shepherd. Like I said, I've been preaching 50 years. I can't tell you how many times that I have made decisions on my own and not with the way God was wanting me to go. I can't tell you how many times that I've done things without consulting God and say, God, come on and get in this. Come on. I need your help. Come on and help me out instead of saying, God, which way do you want me to go and let me follow you? So it's easy this morning. In fact, this modern generation in this psalm, the first thing he said in Psalms 23 is that he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. We live in a world today that don't want to be told what to do. The modern generation don't want nobody telling them what to do. In fact, they're, they're, they're in a place to where they want to figure everything out for themselves. They're in a place where they want to make their own decisions. 
And I want to tell you this morning, if you're one of those who likes to go your own way, you like to make your own choice, you want to live your own life, you want to make your own decisions, you want to do things on your own, let me tell you what, you better prepare for this because that leads uh, to, to burnout, it learns to failure, and it leads ultimately to death. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's come for. And God is saying, if you'll let me, I'll guide you in the path of righteousness. I will restore your soul and my rod and my staff. I will comfort you. The staff was what God, what the shepherd always used to kind of nudge the sheep in the direction that they need to go. How many of you have ever been in the midst of something, Brother Ronnie, and you feel God just nudge you? He just nudges you this direction. Brother Larry, we need to go this direction. We just need to, to move another direction from where you're going. And you feel that little nudging. And so uh, that's, that's what the staff was. The staff was for uh, the sheep to be guided and the sheep to be directed and, and to be headed one direction or another. That's what the staff was. But the rod was never meant for the sheep. The rod was never intended for the sheep. The rod was for the bear the lion, the foxes, the enemies. And so Psalms 23, what it really is, it's an invitation uh, to all of us that says, if you'll come and let me be your shepherd, I will guide you, I will direct you, and I'll beat the enemy off of your back. I will be with you, and I'll defend you in the midst of the enemy. I'll be right there with you. I want to tell you, when I lay down tonight, God's got me. When I wake up in the morning, he guides me. Tomorrow he'll lead me. And that's the comfort of having that kind of a relationship with God. That is the comfort. But he has a table in the midst of all of your enemies, and God invites us to sit down. What he does is that we come and we sit down. And then God himself comes and sits down. I can just imagine the conversation that he would have with us. He would look at us and say, boy, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming. Do you know just how much I love you? I know what you're going through. I know how you feel right now. I know how troubled you are. I know how brokenhearted you are. I know the grief you're going through right now. I know the uncertainty that you think that life has for you right now. But I want to tell you, you're not in it by yourself. I'm right here with you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hold your hand because you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. Yes. And he prepares that table. But what most of us are prone to do in this fast-paced world that we're in this morning is that God says, come here and sit down. And we get to that table, just like this morning worship service. We have an opportunity to come and dine with God this morning. Over in the children's wing, I, I asked Ashley, I said, you know that old song, Come and Dine? Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table anytime. 
He who fed the multitude and turned the water into wine to the hungry is calling now, come and dine, come and dine. And so whenever we get that invitation from God and we're such a busy, busy world, this is what we're prone to do. We're going to grab us a to-go cup and say, God, uh, boy, this is wonderful, God. You've set a great table. I'm amazed at what you've done for me. I'm amazed at everything that you have here. This is such a lovely thing. Uh, but I, I thank you so much. Um, uh, I tell you what, before I, before I go, uh, let me get my phone out. I'm going to get a picture of this meal because my friends are never going to believe this. They're never going to believe this. Hey, hang on, God. I want to get a picture of I want to get a selfie. Make sure you're in it. And I want to take a picture of a selfie because I want to put it on TikTok and let all my friends see that I'm here with you. I want to, I want to make sure that Facebook has a picture of this so I can get all of those likes. And I want to make sure that Instagram has a picture so everybody knows I've been at the Lord's table. I want to tell you what, this morning, church is more than clocking in and say, I checked in at Harvest, or I checked in over yonder. It's whenever we get time to sit down at the table because we're so busy that we take it to go cup and say, oh God, I'll catch you next time. Uh, not today, I don't have time, but uh, maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe uh, whenever things slow down, I'll sit down with you. The king of the universe is inviting us to sit down at the table and commune with him, and we don't take time to sit down. We don't take time to sit down. More complicated than that is that many times whenever we're sitting at the table, how quickly, whenever we're sitting with God and we're talking with God, how fast the devil can take a chair and pull it up to your table. How quick the enemy will just slide a chair right up to your table. You say, Satan's not bold enough to pull a chair up to the table of God. Let me tell you, he was bold enough in the wilderness to pull a table up, a uh, Jesus table, uh, and try to tempt him. He was bold enough in the Garden of Eden to pull up a table at Eve's table, and it worked whenever he pulled his chair up there. It worked. So this morning, don't ever think that he's not bold enough to sit down at your table uh, whenever he pulls up that and he starts his conversation uh, very subtly. And he says, how's life? Isn't that what we all want somebody to ask us? What's going on? How's life? How are you today? Yeah. How you feel? Yeah. As he begins to ask those questions, he say, how's your marriage? How's your relationship? Spouse still giving you fits? Mm -hmm. Still having trouble? You know your mother-in-law don't like you. Yeah. If I was you, I'd be out of there. But props to you that you're still in there. Props to you that you're hanging in. I'd been out of there a long time ago. Steal, kill, and destroy. How's work going? How's your job? Is your boss still a jerk? You know they talk about you behind your back all the time. You know you're never going to be appreciated where you are. You're never going to be any higher than what you are. Boy, if I was you, I'd quit today. I'd just walk out of here and leave it behind. Steal, kill, and destroy. Because God is right whenever he says Satan only wants to steal the good things that God's give you. 
Your family is a gift from God today. You better hang on to it. The job that you have is a blessing came down from God uh, that's opened a door for you to provide for your family. You think long and hard uh, before you up and just walk away from it because uh, Satan wants nothing but to destroy you. You say, well, Richard, how do I know that God's, how do I know that Satan is at my table? How do I know that he's there? How do I know that he is in the midst? There's five lies the devil always wants to tell us. Number one, he'll always tell you it's better off at another table. Grass is always greener on the other side. You have a church go through a struggle, and the first thing that these church folks want to say is, it's a new season for me. I need to move on to another place and another season, and we make excuses. And all we're doing is letting the devil eat our lunch. All we're doing is letting the devil lead us. And uh, because we're out chasing empty dreams of the Satan instead of following and dining with the master, we're out chasing empty promises uh, that Satan has given you this morning. Satan is at your table. If you say, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I didn't come from the right background. I don't have the right ability, and I've failed, and you'll, I'll never get past that failure. I want to tell you, if that's what you're seeing and hearing in your heart today, Satan is at your table. If he's telling you you're not going to make it, oh, you're not going to get through this, regardless of which one of those troubles is surrounding you this morning, if, you, if Satan is saying to you, you're not going to make it, you're not going to get through here, whether it's sickness or a job situation or a relational situation or uh, there's just too much working against you and you're never going to get through. You're just repeating the lie of the devil. <clears throat> because Psalms 23, 4 says, Though I walk into the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. No. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because God is walking through the valley of the shadow of death with me. And so I'm going to press on because I'm not going into, I'm going through whatever I'm facing right now. It's not going to bog me down. It's not going to stop me. I'm going all the way through this morning. Fourth lie of the devil is when you're saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been there, have you? When I said, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do, and all we're doing is repeating the words of Satan. I don't know what I'm going to do, uh, because never one time has God ever looked up and said, I don't know. I just don't know. Come and tell you, God knows. I'll tell you, God knows. He knows where you're at right now. He knows your yesterdays. He knows your todays. And he knows your tomorrows because he's a God of all knowledge. And never one time did he say, I don't know what you're going to do. He said, I can tell you what you need to do. You need to come here and just have a set at the table. Yeah, just have a seat at the table. Fifth lie of the devil is everybody's against me. You ever felt like you were fighting alone? 
You ever felt like the world was on uh, just pressing against you this morning? Everybody has it out for me. Nobody likes me. You're, uh, you're simply repeating what the devil is telling you. Because God said, I loved you enough to give the best I got for you. I think enough of you that I gave my only son to die for you. You're valuable in my sight, and it doesn't matter what the world has to say about you. You are valuable, and you're precious to me. If you're listening to the devil this morning, he's sitting at your table, and he's eating your lunch. But I want to tell you, you can take authority over that table. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. When you realize that whenever these things, that what you have been listening to is the lies of the devil, and you've been in conversation with the one that's out to kill you and destroy you uh, and steal everything good from you this morning, you can take authority over that table. You say, how? How do I take authority over that table? Come on, singers. Uh, come on, uh, musicians. Candidates, if you'll get ready to, to baptize this morning, how do I take authority over my table? You take authority over your table through the power given you through the crucified Lamb of Calvary, who has won the victory over every lie, who has resurrection power over every stronghold, and who has given me the power to take every thought captive and make it obedient unto God. I want to tell you this morning, through God, you can take a, a control over your table and you can take authority over who you allow to sit there. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I don't have the authority this morning to stop Satan from walking around and seeking whom he may devour and he can roar as loud as he wants to. I can't stop him from that because that's a privilege only God gave him. Uh, that's a, the only one that'll stop that is God himself whenever he binds him through eternity and cast him into the lake of fire and forever he will be in that, in that place of torment. But I don't have the authority to stop him from walking around and roaring as loud as he wants to, but I have the authority to not let him sit at my table. He's not going to take my place. He's not going to eat my meal. I'm going to make sure this morning that I take time to dine with Christ. You say, well, how do I do that? You resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do I do that? How do I resist the devil? And he flees from you by focusing my eyes on God and reading his word and listening to everything God says to me. Listen close this morning. If you don't get anything else, get this statement. You will never win the battle of your mind fighting the lies the devil is telling about you. You will never win the battle of your mind fighting the lies that the devil wants to tell about you. You're just fighting the devil's fight. You say, well, how do I defend myself? How do I, how do I, how do I uh, protect my mind? You protect your mind whenever you fill your mind with the promises of God and the truth of God's word about your life and you look at Satan and say, I'm a winner and not a loser. I'm going to trust God and not worry about any lie that you have. I'm not interested in what you have to say about my life. 
When the devil tells you you're a loser, look at him and say nay in all things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Whenever the devil says you're identified by the scars that you've uh, by the things that you've done in your life and the very sins that you've done. I know what you are. Except I can see the scars in your body, in your life. You look at him and say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to tell you this morning, you are no longer identified by the scars in your life. You're identified by the scars in the hands of Jesus who took every sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west and gave you victory and gave you hope and gave you future this morning. I'm no longer identified by my scars. Stand with me this morning. Some of you that are here this morning have experienced problems and troubles in life. Some of them have been bumps in the road. Some of them have been little hurdles that you've had to climb over. Others here this morning and watching online, your life may be a train wreck. It may be so messed up this morning that you don't know which way to go, you don't know where to turn, and you don't know what to do. I want to tell you, if you will just take your seat at the table this morning and just slide up to where uh, God has invited us to be. He said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all you that are weary, weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. I won't promise you rest. I'll give you rest. I won't be something you wish for. I'm going to give it to you if you'll just come to me. And you can claim the scars of Jesus instead of being defined by the scars of your life. Romans 8 and 1 says, Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This morning, stop letting the devil, stop letting the enemy sit at your table. Take authority over your table and enjoy that abundant life, that awesome abundant life that God has promised all of his children. Invite God to be your shepherd, and you will never want again. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise. Thank you, God, for that place of communion, that place of just fellowship where we can come together with you. Lord, we can find answers that we've not been able to find anywhere else. Lord, we can find strength. We can find encouragement to face what we're facing right now in life. Lord, there's so many things that we don't understand why we have to go through these. Lord, we don't know the reason, but Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor because you've allowed us to walk through them. And Lord, you're walking alongside of us today. Lord, whether they're online this morning watching or whether they're in this congregation today, may each one of us, Lord, just look to you and say, God, I invite you. I invite you. I want you. 
to be my Savior and my Lord. I want you to be the shepherd. I want you to lead me. I want you to feed me. I want you to guide me, and I want you to protect me. Lord, because I am yours, and you are mine today. Can you give God praise this morning? Amen. Amen.